0: You're listening to Skullcrack, Ireland's first and foremost Magic the Gathering podcast. I'm your host, David Wolfe, and I'm joined here by... Caron And Alan. All right, Al, how's it going? Oh, let me tell you how it's going.
1: It is, it, it is, um, it is going into the graveyard and being... Uh, being convoked back out again. <laughs> that's how That's how, That's how. how I've been going. Nice. How about you?
0: What, wait, hold on. Have you actually been playing some Hogak?
1: No, I haven't, no. I, I've, been, I've just been reading about it and and, and, and watching it.
0: Ah, okay.
1: And being, I've been immersed in the, uh, the championship without watching it.
0: Okay. Without watching it?
1: Yeah, oh, yeah I've just been busy this uh, weekend. I just found that, <laughs> I don't know if this is just me, I feel like when the Pro Tour is on at the same time zone that we're in, I find it harder to watch it. Uh, I think just just whatever way I just whatever just whatever I do during weekends, I think it's just that a uh, you know when it's in US time, starting at about you know uh, three PM or four PM is perfect. Um, you know sometimes I just sleep in, and on 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 a Sunday I wake up and I missed you know half the thing. But I, I've not been watching as much of this pro tour, or this Mythic Championship, as I would have liked to.
0: Okay, I um, I feel like yeah, it's similar enough for me, but now that I'm on a very different time zone and there's basically no. No, make championships similar time zone to me. I just kind of miss all of them because they're on usually like late at night.
1: Yeah, I kind of, that's that's pretty unfortunate. Um, but yeah, as well that's a, well, I really I really don't have this there But that's also I mean there was, uh, you know, the, there was quite um, there was very strong commentary on Twitter and stuff kind of before the tournament started uh, because of the open deck list. A lot of people hadn't you know they knew very well uh, what the format was going to be like uh, before it started. So also kind of knowing that. Uh, kind of, you know, maybe less enough time to tune in. Uh, I've, and I've I've also played Zero uh, Modern Horizons. So, I mean, I, I like watching limited coverage when I'm like playing a lot of that format. But yeah, limited coverage is impossible to watch when you haven't played any of, uh, of the format.
0: Yeah, and it's especially so for a format like this, which is like high priced, higher priced packs that, you know, not as many people get to draft this format as much as they would like to, or even at all in some cases. So, yeah, I, I think that probably would lead to lower viewer numbers overall. Yeah, yeah, it was a strange one. Um. All right, well, I was also quite busy all weekend. I had the end of summer gala in my work and uh, did some extra, yeah, basically I was working all weekend, which was unfortunate. Uh, But I do get that money. No, Uh, no, it it (laughs) (laughs) it left me feeling like very run down and sick uh, last night when we were supposed to record. So this is why the podcast is a bit late. And it's also why Karen is not here because schedule did not sync up with the new time of recording the podcast. But we should be back to normal from next week.
1: So, so what are we talk about? We got deep dive into the pro tour, deep dive into the numbers.
0: Well, I feel like we'd be absolute frauds to deep dive into the pro tour because because uh, we we haven't watched it. But we will do that
1: anyway. I mean, we think, yeah. <laughs> well, that's, I mean, we will be absolute frauds doing this, but that's not going to stop us. Uh, yeah, we we can give impressions and opinions on on on, on numbers. Uh. Yeah. I seen the UK.
0: yeah, so we'll talk about that. We'll talk about the uh, the, the announcements of changes to the judge programme, or I guess the abolition of the judge programme. Uh, we'll talk about that a little bit later. Ooh. And we'll also give a nod to the couple of Throne of Eldraine spoilers that have come out so far in relation to the brawl products. Uh, that you know, we won't talk about that for too long. They don't them to be super important. But uh, yeah, let's maybe kick it off with the with the MC. So this was a modern MC, uh, as you said. A lot of players shared their deck lists on Twitter. Uh, the reason for this, I guess, is because there's you know there, there's really no no advantage in hiding your deck list anymore because the deck lists at the at the tournament are open, so you get to see your opponent's deck lists at the beginning of the round. So yeah, that's why everyone was sharing their their deck lists on Twitter.
1: Yeah, I think it's I, I think yeah, straight away it was it was very clear that you know Hogak, uh, you know the Hogak. Back avenge my neck was was going to be very well represented and i think i suppose like yeah the, when people are talking about deck lists and sharing necklists, like the whole discourse on twitter was about this deck being very very overrepresented and i feel like you know if, if this was like a very balanced format or maybe even just something like standard uh i'm trying to imagine kind of what kind of discourse would it be like you know would it be because i mean there, in fairness there was like a handful of people kind of showing like really cool um you know really cool spicy decklists um so i guess there's a fact that if this was if this is happening for a format uh, less degenerate than this particular one, uh, maybe this whole sharing necklace thing would have been a very, very positive kind of buzz building thing going into the tournament. Well, I
0: didn't, I didn't really think it was a negative thing as such, other than people just being like going out of their minds about Hogak, <laughs> like the yeah, two, what was it two weeks ago? Canister won the modern challenge with the like the latest like. That was the first result of Hogak after the banning of Bridge from Below. So then people were like, oh, maybe this deck is just not dead and there's just another way to build it. Uh, and it appears to be, you know, Seder Wayfinder has been slotted in instead of Bridge from Below, which obviously makes the deck very consistent at putting more cards in the graveyard by turn two. And yeah, if you. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, yeah if, you, if you, you know, turn one, Stitcher Supplier, turn two, Seder Wayfinder, and you put a Hogak in the yard from that, from either one of those, you should have seven cards in the graveyard and two creatures on the board, one of which is black, one of which is green. And that's exactly enough to cast Hogak on turn two, which, you know, is still a good play. (laughs) Zero mana, eight, eight Trampler. Good play. Yeah, exactly. It's
1: It's still pretty fine. Um, yeah, so this is a big 8 Tramper for free. Uh, I suppose yeah, right, right this read time. Someone posted on Reddit a kind of you know, a whole load of comments from people back when Hogak was first spoiled. People just you know, missing, missing how incredibly powerful. I mean, us included. I don't, I don't think we noticed how insanely powerful this card is going to be. Um, I think were saying, oh, this is, did we, oh, "Oh, I think we did. I'll, I'll, I'll take a look back. I'll see. We've been wrong sometimes. Uh, maybe not this time.
0: Yeah, I think we were. No, we definitely weren't as high in it as it's going to completely destroy modern. <laughs> but we we weren't like yeah, yeah exactly. totally sleeping on it. Okay, that's good. That's good. I, as far as our, our our judgment is, yeah, is, we'll have to we'll have to. Right. the archives there. Yeah,
1: Jack, the objective archive said we can delete this part of the conversation if we're wrong. Uh, exactly. A bit of our own revisionist history. Yeah. Uh, well, but I think um, yes, yeah, obviously, yeah. People, people kind of say, oh, this is day date on the battlefield, um, but like it's <laughs> it turns out that is pretty good. And uh, this is what 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 the tech is trying to do, and also with the bench line, the yeah, E.G. is throwing as well because he got cheap.
0: Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah. So this was pretty much the story of the weekend. Hogak absolutely ran the tables. Um, in basically all three modern tournaments. So there was there was the Mythic Championship, there was the Grand Prix that was running along alongside the Mythic Championship in Barcelona, and then there was an SCG event in where is this? Columbus, and yeah. I think the the results were interesting, like the final results. Like Hogak didn't win the tournaments, as far as I know, unless it won unless it won the GP in Barcelona. I'm actually not sure who won that one. Um we just double check here.
1: Yeah, I suppose I mean, if you if you want to talk about kind of the actual winning deck of uh, of the MC um it was uh, uh Thoralf Severin. Am I saying his name right? I think so. Thoralf. It seems to be very I, I actually I, I was aware of him, but he seems to be very very, very um, prominent figure. Um, so he won with with just uh, straight up Tron. Uh, this is Tron without Carnegrave the Great Creator. This is a uh, Tron from basically it's more that it's very similar to just what people are playing. What the Carnegrave Tron, Tron that people are playing back, like yeah before before uh, World of Spark came out. But I think what's noticeable here is that he has um, yeah so yeah he's taken out the Great Creator uh, um, Wishboard and kind of that whole kind of plan, uh, which allows him to play. Uh, which he doesn't have you know a quote unquote normal sideboard, uh, and in that quote unquote normal sideboard, he has uh, four lane line of the void. And like Tron, Tron has never played for lane line of the void, so I think it just speaks so much as to what he expected to come into this tournament that he was willing and he's willing to give us this he's willing to give up this very, very powerful um wish plan uh just so he could play for lane line of the void. Um, and uh, yeah, because I mean, it's if, if you look at a it, Tron, it's been I mean, like Tron plays. Like you know, Relic Progenitus in the main. Um, usually it's usually I might have a kind of a, a, a three one split between the, the main and the sideboard, uh maybe some graphics cages in, in, in the side. That's kind of what Toronto is for a very long time. So yeah, the fact that the fact you're playing Relic in the main, you you rarely need uh Line of, I don't, I don't think you've ever needed Leyline in the Void in a sideboard. Uh where, whereas now you with know, some of the numbers that are coming, up, coming out over the weekend, uh Layline in the Void was the most played card, uh, the most played card over the weekend, which shows that yeah, people were people were prepared uh, for Hogak menace.
0: Yeah, that's really crazy, isn't it? Like the the huge number of Leyline of the Void. Like for it Yeah,
1: and I think yeah.
0: played card in the tournament is absolutely crazy. Like obviously, <laughs> obviously there is this kind of thing where you don't really play like one or two Leyline of the Void in your sideboard. You always pretty much play four. So there's yeah, but even still.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think mean, I think that does push numbers up. Yeah, you're always playing four, but then and it's also, it's also it's also like go for example, exemplified uh, with the win with the winning tron list that you know any any deck can play it. Um, and when you play them, you play four, and if the format requires it to do it, you, you do it. Um, then I think yeah, Martin Muller had a, Martin Muller also played um, Hogak, and he top Uh He's he was playing he was playing a two two split of two late on the void in the main and two on the board. Uh, is that crazy? It's a it? Is do people do that? i have never seen that before.
0: Yeah, that seems kind of crazy.
1: Now, um, yeah, so I suppose it was it was a point that Saffron Olive had made, uh, in sort of an, in an article uh, written after the the championship was that out. basically he, he he talks through I have some numbers in front of me, he talks through just the insane numbers that the whole act put up, um, and it's like so if you were if if to compare it to you could compare it to um he, he also he is you know comparing it to Gazi Winter he's saying this is almost the, this is the 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 win rate and the and the representation and the conversion rates of Elgazi Winter. We could almost argue that this is worse because of the because the ley line of the, the ley line of the void numbers show that uh, the the entire field was prepared for this you know because Eldris Winter dress Winter kind of came out of nowhere um people were really shocked by how powerful these new cards were uh back in the approach oh, or the gate watch um or yeah or, or I guess around that around that period but uh yeah now everyone everything as we saw every single person was was ready for Hogak every person knew Hogak was going to happen was going to be here we see people stretching their sideboards there so much in order to combat Hogak. And it still put up uh, these insane numbers.
0: And I mean, what what did people do to combat Eldrazi Winter? Like, there there wasn't really a good... There wasn't anything like Leyline of the Void, where you can just go, oh yeah, that's what I need to combat all these colourless creatures. So there wasn't really a clear answer. And then for this... Yeah. You know, it's a graveyard-centred deck. Graveyard-centred decks have existed for a long time. There's traditionally been a lot of hate printed for them. But... And so that, you know, that, that made it extremely clear what you need to do to have a chance against this deck. And it turns out that that's all it gives you is just a chance, because it's not a silver bullet. It's not gonna guarantee you the win. After sideboard, the Hogak deck can absolutely recover from graveyard hate. You know, probably Leyline of the Void is is the the one that like the strongest one, the hardest one to recover from. But you know, they still have other cards that they can bring in to uh, to nullify that. You know, they have they have Nature's Claim. You know, they have things like uh, Assassin's Trophy maybe Engineered explosives, who knows?
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, I think it's. I, I suppose, obviously, it's you know, uh, I, I don't need to talk about the gameplay of Playline in the Void, but it's it is the kind of card that, um, obviously, it's, it's so much more powerful than your upper hand, it's but it's a it has a very powerful effect, and but you're paying the price of essentially switching off your know, potential uh draw steps later on in the game, um, which is especially true for you know, yeah, when, when decks that can't cast it are, are playing it in the side. And then, like, I, I'm also trying to just... It's kind of hard to associate as well, the impact that London Mulligan would have on this. Uh, you know, people have been saying that Tron is doing very... It's almost like Tron will be... You'd expect Tron to do very, very well, very well out of this... Uh, out of the London Mulligan. Um, and perhaps just to you showing of Hogak is masking that. Uh, you know, if it wasn't for the Hogak deck, everyone will be playing about Tron. Uh, I don't know how true that is.
0: Yeah, I, I don't know if there's any particular merit to that argument. Like, er- everything... I, I think at this point most people's fears should be more or less allayed uh, regarding the London Mulligan. Like, every deck does improve from it. So in that scenario where everything's improving, yeah, maybe a couple of decks are improving a little bit more, like the type of decks that need a very specific hand, but uh, which is, you know, which is Tron. But because all the decks are improving, uh, I mean, it's just an extra factor to consider. It's not really... I, I don't think it really should, should factor into the conversation because... I mean, even if it does have an effect, we're we we do not know that world. So let's wait until that world yeah. materialized and then worry about that. Yeah, definitely. And you know what? I, I think uh,
1: you're you're you're, you're touching on something that annoys me so much when these conversations go. Up, but it's um uh like some people look obviously, obviously yeah, All this all this information is sort how bad Hogak is. Um, then you have every you have someone just you know jumping in and saying, "Oh well, you know, Stoneforge bitch, shouldn't be banned. How come? How come?" Uh, no, uh, uh, a one-two that gets an equipment from your deck. How you come that's banned? And we're allowed to play Hogak? And it's like that's not what we're talking about. That's that's irrelevant to the conversation. <laughs> uh, it's it's like yeah, it's, it's almost, it's maybe maybe that almost is you know yes to say to say uh oh you know the, the Hogak is masking how powerful Tron probably is. Yeah, but you, we we don't know that because yeah we're not living in that world. Uh, yeah, and likewise, you know maybe things would be far more degenerate if so fortunistic uh, was. The uh, well, it's. I feel like this is not the time to bring up Stoneforge Mystic. So, um, this is, it's this is a dire time. It's, it's it is worth discussing, but uh, so Mystic is not part of this equation. You know,
0: Alan. Every time is the correct time to bring up Stoneforge Mystic.
1: <laughs> I mean, I don't know so how, how much. I, mean, I, I know I, I've not gotten your legacy in a while, uh, but presumably Stoneforge Mystic is still seeing play there. Uh, I and mean, it's like that's a, so cannot I, sure. I, sure, but it must be. And that's more fast, and it's a faster format to it.
0: What about Splinter Twin?
1: Yeah, see, I think I think in a way I kind of I I'm I'm open to people suggesting Splinter Twin because it's it is a meme. Uh, I think it is transcended to meme status. I don't think anyone, I don't think anyone is seriously wants it to be wants it to be back. Um, whereas I think people who bring up Stoneforge Mystic uh, legitimately do like are, are these just diehard Stoneforge Mystic fanboys that just want this card to be wants this card to be legal again, no matter what.
0: I mean, it's probably people who have a ton of copies, right?
1: That it. That that's probably it. Here you go We've got, got a vested interest. I suppose actually, look look at the look at the next meta game on uh, if you uh, There isn't any stoneforge mystics in the top U decks. So um, yeah, maybe yeah, uh, maybe they do have a point.
0: Possibly, possibly. I mean, I I don't even think stoneforge mystic would be good in modern right now.
1: Yeah, yeah. I'm all uh, can I? It's is that, is that something that it's it, it's something that I struggle so much to imagine. You know, it's like what does the best. Uh, Stoneforge deck looked like because like we, got, we got you know Jason by the Sculptor and we got <laughs> we got Squadron Ox
0: I mean maybe you could tutor up a sword and what's the what's the sword that gives you protection from black and green and then you just tutor that up and then then you're sorted against Hogak yeah, kind of I guess is that
1: is that Feast and Famine? Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm never good at with the with the, with the uh, sword names
0: yeah yeah Feast and Famine
1: sort of yeah but but uh, anyway, yes.
0: I <laughs> could Hogak has tramples, so
1: <laughs> yeah, that's true.
0: That's how pretty,
1: I'm
0: not exposing my ignor- my ignorance here.
1: Yeah, I still trample's over.
0: Yeah. But like the excess damage. Yeah. Yeah,
1: okay. Yeah. I think I mean I I, 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 I was saying that I was playing game Sandardare, Sandard, and uh, my opponent had uh helmet host on uh Rabbit Chupacabra and um I enchanting entrancing melody melody the Chupacabra with the helmet host on it, I got to my uh, beginning of my combat phase, I was like, right, here we go. Here comes a blowout. And then nothing happened. Then I thought, oh, it must be booked in the Arena. Then when I passed the turn, I was like, oh, wait, hang on. I think I know. I think I know what I've done. Hmm. Uh, so it's
0: your opponent. Does...
1: It is possible that we could be wrong about these things.
0: Helmet the hosts. The opponent can still can still equip it then to another creature of theirs, right?
1: I think, mean, yeah, they still can because they, they still control the helmet host, But the the trigger happens um oh so they just when I'm, when I'm in control of their thing they, they just get another two cabra
0: okay right right, <laughs> and
1: they can kill mine uh, yeah and then they just get the helmet oh, yeah, equipment is strange yeah in a, in a way they they never lost control of the helmet a uh, helmet host
0: yeah 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 and you are a judge you should be ashamed of yourself
1: oh I, well i don't know if i'll be a judge for much longer uh, with this new program coming in Great. but um although let's we can talk about that
0: let's not move on to that quite yet
1: yeah sorry yeah exactly right for, we're jumping around sorry the, the point I, I was going to make another point before I mentioned so was uh, about, yeah, people kind of top the London Mulligan and the impact it's having on Tron. Uh, I think one thing to note is how, like, El Tron is seen play again. And, like, well, see, there's lots of factors. It's not just for, there's also one reason why El Tron makes an appearance because it was kind of, it was, it, it had kind of vanished from the format for a, few, for a little while. Uh, like I said, Crown the Great Creator is another, uh, gives, gives it a second, another dimension. Um, but I guess I kind of see, like, you know, El Tron being well positioned. Is less to do about the London Mulligan and more to do about how just how well positioned uh, the, the Chalice of the Void is. So basically, at the end of the day, it is a Chalice deck, even though there's Tron, you know, there's Tron in its mana base, there's Tron in its name. Aldrazi uh, Tron is only as good as uh, Chalice of the Void is. So the, the reason why, so I, I reckon the reason why Aldrazi um, Tron is doing well is because Chalice of the Void is well positioned and not because of some other compounding factor like the London Mulligan.
0: Okay, yeah, I can definitely get on board. With, like Eldrazi Tron. And a few other decks are are kind of just those those kind of stalwarts of modern that they just keep kind of rotating in and out of popularity and i don't know if it's just if, like if it's a metagame consideration always or it just ha- just so happens that they become popular again I, I really don't know i'm not best placed to say in terms of like the the rotation of the metagame in modern but yeah it seems to be uh, eldrazi tron is back on top indeed
1: yeah, and almost kinda of counter to a point I made earlier on about um about uh God sorry, uh no, the so uh, uh first place winning Green deck I said, Oh, that was crazy how that's um how yeah, he kind of he left the Carnegie Crater plan so he could play uh um late on the Void in a sideboard. Uh well there's, there's a list of that just in front of me right now is um Sean Gifford's uh on this that game uh, fourth at the Missy championship and he's playing both the current great creator maybe the current great creator wishboard and uh four line of the void which is which is bananas to me
0: uh I mean I guess you' just have an 11 card <laughs> an 11 card wishboard and then you just have your ley line it's in there Yeah, <laughs> your 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 board. Yeah. line of the board yeah exactly uh just to run down the the meta game a little bit. Uh, Hogak was like by far the highest percentage deck on day one. It's like twenty one point four percent. That's crazy. I mean, you, you you'd be raising your eyebrows at a deck that was getting up to fifteen percent modern meta game. And like I remember, yeah, was it not the last? Was it the last modern modern mythic championship where like nothing was above ten percent? I think that's
1: true. Yeah, the uh, in the uh, MC London.
0: I think it was Humans was like at 10, maybe 11%, and then everything else was down from there. God, yeah, what a, what a different time. Yeah. So here we see Hogak at 21.4%. We see it Phoenix next with 10.5. Eldrazi Tron, as we mentioned, with 9.2. Humans with 8.3. Uh, White Blue Control, 8.3 also. Then we have Jund, 7.9. And Tron, 4.2. Urza Thopter Sword, 4.2, a deck which was surprisingly popular. And then you have the you yeah. know, old Reliables, Burn, Dredge, Mono red Phoenix, and going on down from there. Uh, and then the eventual top eight was Tron, Hardened Scales, Eldrazi Tron, Jund, Hogak, Jund, Monored Phoenix, and Urza Top to Sword. So it actually was a very diverse top eight, considering like the the numbers from the tournament and the the conversion rates and what have you of Hogak. So the conversion rate of Hogak was like extremely good as well. It had a 50, this is according to Frank Carson's uh, Twitter, had a 56.2 non-mirror match win rate, the best of all major archetypes during the modern rounds. And it had something like a 72% conversion rate to day two. I mean, obviously that, that includes draft results, but even still, apparently the Hogak, the Hogak players had a slightly better than average draft result as well.
1: Yeah, so I guess, I mean, I suppose another thing to keep in mind is that, uh, yeah, obviously the top eight results are also based on on, on limited um, so yeah, that lovely diverse top eight uh, isn't, isn't necessarily representative of, of you know how well Hogak uh, performed overall. Uh, yeah, just looking at um, you know out of the, I'm looking at this graph for the first time trying to make sense of it. Uh, I've, From the MG Goldfish uh, article, uh, we have just here you know, the numbers of uh, yeah. So out of, hang on. <laughs> This is this not very it's not laid out very well. Um, obviously, just, so just looking at the top performing decks, uh, you know, in in the construction portion. Uh, there are twenty of, of the best. There's twenty, um, and forty five percent were playing hogak. So yeah, so of the ones that yes, there was twenty decks that had uh, eight or more wins, and forty five percent of those uh, were hogak.
0: Okay, so you're saying like the the lion's share of the winners meta game was made up of hogak decks.
1: Yeah, almost almost half.
0: Yeah, which is like an absurd number.
1: <laughs> yeah, which is that means, crazy. Yeah, yeah.
0: That means all the other decks make up the rest of the fifty five percent.
1: Yeah, and we say that like though the. The spread over the decks was, you know, fairly fairly even. So in terms of better, in terms of better game, I'd have that impression for to be. But uh,
0: well, I mean that that is the winner's meta game, right? Because you're saying that's of the decks that went eight eight wins or better. Well, I think there wasn't any. There was no deck that went better than eight wins in constructed in this in this mythic championship, as far as I know. So this is the this is from the list of decks that that got eight wins. So you know we're eight and two or eight one one whatever it was. Yeah. yeah. So this is absolutely absurd and it makes wizards look like fools. Yeah, I think uh I think
1: what's quite amusing about it is when we're say, you know, when we know and me and Giron were speculating on what they'd what they ban, uh when we are kind of considering the three different cards, uh we're considering consider you no know, bridge or altar or um uh Looting or Hogak. Like I feel like we almost we we didn't really discuss we didn't really discuss Hogak at all as a candidate for banning because We were just like, oh, he's he's a new card. No, they're not gonna they're not gonna ban Hogak. It's it's a new card. They don't want to ban a card he printed fifteen minutes ago. Uh, (laughs) Look at now, that that was definitely the right. That should have been what they've done. And with just what what, how these X look now, um, I don't think there's anything else he can do.
0: So do you you think that is what's going to happen? Was that sorry? You think that is what's going to happen?
1: Yeah, I mean, I I mean I I suppose for what I said before, when when I I was giving predictions, word is just what I want to happen and what I think will happen. Um. But I suppose, yeah. I think kind of so. safran Olive has had he, he's made a few points about you know, what what he you know what 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 Wizards Coast like really need to do. Uh, you know, between now and uh, well, also for basically from between now and the rest of the summer, there is a lot of high. There are a lot of um, you know, high profile modern tournaments. Uh, I think it's the next BNR update is the end of August, and I believe uh, MC Las Vegas uh, is happening before then. So he's kind of saying maybe it's time for
0: an emergency ban if the if they don't. want if, so, if they don't want that to be the case i i don't see them no I, there's no emergency ban happening okay i, th- I think it's just <laughs> i think it's always safe to put your money on no emergency ban
1: <laughs> yeah well I mean, ah uh, yeah but i do i do enjoy emergency bans they're, they're my fondest memories of my time playing magic
0: very true very true um it's funny th- yeah
1: so yeah so magic fest vegas Sorry, yeah, yeah. Magic Fest Las Vegas is yeah between now and the end of August.
0: So and Magic Fest Las Vegas is is modern? Uh yes. Yeah, I mean I fully expect nothing to happen between now and then, so play your Hogak decks at Las Vegas.
1: Sleeve <laughs> up your lane line of the points.
0: Oh yeah, definitely. Oh. Uh, Do a Martin Mueller, put some put put a few of those in your main deck.
1: Yeah, I don't, I don't know how how um uh, I don't know than that, but he knows it'll be soon.
0: we had similar Similar results in the in GP Barcelona. Let me have a look here for the top eight lists. Uh, I don't know about conversion rates or anything from from the GP in Barcelona, but uh, we the top eight was One Humans, Urzithopter, Eldrazi Tron, Jund, Is it Phoenix, Esper Control, Jund, and Hogak. So similar enough makeup of decks. Uh, no Tron this time. Well, Eldrazi Tron. But no, no straight mono Green Tron. But Urzatopter Sword also putting up another another finish and two two Jund lists again, similar to the actual MC. And then in the Star City event, which was also modern, we had a similar similar finals. We had Monogreen Tron versus Hogak. The other one had Monogreen Tron versus Hardened Scales. Which I think Hardened Scales is probably probably a good show for the tournament. Hardened Scales is a good like it's a it's a like an affinity deck basically so it's pretty much always a good call but uh yeah for this yeah yeah event we had mono green tron hogak 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 <laughs> is a phoenix another mono green tron and uh, Gri- uh grixis urza deck which let me just double check here to see if this has sort of the meek yes and topter foundry yeah okay so it's yeah it's just another urza topter uh topter deck so one Urza Toppler to deck in each top eight. How do you how, what what do you think about that?
1: Yeah, I don't know. I I've I'm very unfamiliar with this list. Uh, I suppose it's yeah, a top to foundry it, it is a top to foundry combo with Urza, right? Is that my right right saying
0: that? Yeah, I'm let me just have a it's it's I honestly have I, I suppose it's me. I know that Urza <laughs> has like a million lines of text on it, so hold on. Um Okay, so you just you, you make a, a massive construct with Urza because it gets it, it, you. you make a you make a construct when it comes in, into the battlefield with a plus one, plus one for each artifact you control. So you just make a million, uh, a million topters with, with the combo. And then you have a gigantic construct and you can also tap sure. <laughs> artifacts for blue and shovel your library, exile the top card. And then until then you may play that card with a pain mana cost. So I imagine that. Well, I'm sure that part is used because you can tap your artifacts for blue, so.
1: Yeah, I think it's I think it's more so of tapping the artifacts rather than making the big construct. Because when you have a million, when you have a million toppers, are you you're you're doing well? Well, yeah. Need totally a million millions.
0: It's good to go wide and tall at the same time, right? And I mean, you sure, yeah. When, when yeah. Urza comes into play, you just get the construct anyway. It's not like you have to do anything. Yeah,
1: yeah, that's. And
0: you have the goblin engineer, another Modern Horizons card to allow you to, you know, search, you know, tutor for artifacts, so you have the ability to play very powerful, you know, game game warping one-offs, like Ensnaring Bridge, Gough Digger's Cage, Nile Spellbomb, Pithic Needle in your main deck, which is pretty nice, and it's obviously using the new Arkham's Astrolabe as well, so if you, the all the basics in the deck are, are snow-covered to support the Astrolabe.
1: Yeah, that's pretty cool, so it, it, it does kind of, like, it gives, gives the rest of the deck a, a you know, better... I'd like to mention. Um, yeah, I think I think the top two swords before were kind of played out like a combo deck that you have your redundancy draw to get to sort of just to, sort of make that combo on board, but um, like a very nice approach.
0: Yeah, I think this was a bit of a wild weekend for modern. Uh, it brought something to light that I'm sure Wizards wish wasn't had had not been brought to light, which is they they messed up in a big way.
1: Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, God, it's 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 exciting, I guess. We don't know what's going to happen next. Um, yeah, I, I, it is actually amusing to, to think about you know, the rationale they use for banning Bridge from Below. Was like because it, it, plays, it plays magic in such a strange axis. It's, it's such a strange card, uh, which is really just them trying to say anything. But uh, we should have banned, or we need to ban Hogak. Um, if they do turn around and ban Hogak, I'm just very interested to see how they'll just how they'll apply it.
0: Yeah, <laughs> they're going to have to do a serious... Like, if they do ban Hogak, they're going to have to do a serious mea culpa. Because not only...
1: Yeah, I think there's no other way to, yeah, no other way to do it.
0: Yeah. Not only are they, like, banning a, a card from a deck that they already tried to bring down, but like we said before, they're, they're going to be banning a new card that people have just bought into. And, and you know, this deck that people have just bought into. Yeah. I, <laughs> yeah. I, I think it's still good that they banned Bridge from Below. Like, that was still probably the right move but yeah they probably should have just banned two cards at once do you think if they banned faithless looting this would be as much of an issue probably not
1: I, yeah i i think i, I suppose if there's what i'd want them to do is yeah i would like them to ban faithless looting, because that will just have a huge impact on modernist format it will be a very very big shake up a shake up for the best we've we've ranted enough on previous episodes about how how um <laughs> about, you know what faithless fateless looting does to the format um but uh yeah probably yeah probably uh the whole gap a ban is the most uh surgical as you said before approach
0: yeah all right well i guess moving on from these results uh unless you want to talk i don't, I don't know if you're planning to play modern anytime soon what you would play i guess you would just play tron now right because you know it's good yeah exactly
1: it's kind of funny i i was i i've i've really been i haven't played any modern in a while i haven't um i haven't uh yeah, so I, know I haven't been keeping up with the lists, and I haven't been watching much online, and I haven't been playing online. Uh, and I actually I don't have you know this new uh, wish board that all the all the the, the Tron are playing. I, I haven't played modern since my horrific defeat in uh, Glasgow <laughs> earlier this year. Uh, but now that, I've, now that now maybe this is almost like a sign that uh, you know uh, a, a mono green Tron list from February uh, has won uh, the the MC. Um, and I, I actually I. I it's very similar to what I would normally play. I just need to find some uh, late 9 Voids.
0: Okay, you don't have those yet?
1: No, I, I sold them right before they were spoiled uh, in M20. Oh. And I was like, yes, I am a sick investor. I am class. <laughs> I'm a money man. But the, the price hasn't changed. <laughs> the price hasn't gone down at all. Uh, really? Maybe it'll plummet once... Um, As, as far as I know, just still, when we, when I see people selling them, and they're still around. I, I, need, to, I need to pull this up. Um. They you know they were quite a lot when I sold them. But the fact that three printed as rare I that would have an impact. Yeah, not necessarily. There's so this is just looking at now obviously these are US stats. Um yeah, so it was at around twenty before uh twenty or each before the yeah, before um M20 came out. Then it dropped down. Uh so immediately afterwards it just kinda of shot back up again.
0: Oh wow, okay.
1: So it's hovering out hovering at about sixteen.
0: Well, I mean, at least <laughs> I mean that's that's people buying all those copies that arrived at the, at the MC, yeah. But uh yeah, exactly. Yeah, and then there, there's yeah. So I that like, there, there's more copies available, so it should be easy to get your hands on them, right? Yeah, that is
1: true. Yeah, yeah. I, and I suppose that as well. It's like I, I don't even know how many people are playing Hogak at the at these you know, European qualifier tournaments because uh, it still is, you know, people can't supply it, and then it's kind of moderns kind of weird like that because people will still play their pet deck no matter what's going on. Um, people have you know more limited deck choices. Um, if people just play whatever deck they own. Uh, it's, it's hard to call a med like that. So I, I think I just I have a I have the deck sleeved behind me, and it's the very same list I played uh, in in the Glasgow or uh, So um, maybe I'll just
0: bring that. See what happens. I mean, I would strongly suggest that if you don't have Leyline of the Void, at least throw some Surgicals or some Cages in there or something.
1: Oh yeah, there, I think yeah there is a yeah it has it has, it has a lot of that good stuff. Don't you worry?
0: Okay. Even even though those are probably not good enough, but hopefully with your main deck relics.
1: Yeah, because I feel yeah. <laughs> I mean, I haven't played. I haven't played the matchup, but um, like surely, this is famous afterwards. Surely, main deck relic is good enough. Yeah, obviously. Then pause for laughter.
0: Well, maybe it is. I don't know. It's like um, we had Tron winning the tournament. It's like a yeah. It was
1: like rest of development. Uh, it's like. I say, well, surely relic, uh, real relic in the main board uh, is good enough. And then the narrator comes in. It wasn't.
0: <laughs> yes, I predict that that is what will happen. Indeed, uh, you are right, though that you know modern is a a format that's hard to change, and it's you're more likely to see these big changes at a tournament like the Mythic Championship because you have these pros that have access to the cards, and you know they, they're the stakes are high for them, so they're more willing to jump ship to a new deck that they see as powerful. Whereas in local tournaments, you certainly will have people doing that and you'll have people who had most of the deck and were able to upgrade or or buy a few cards and switch onto it. And then you'll have, again, the, you know, the spikes who want to win at any any cost and, and they'll have, they'll have taken up the deck, but that won't be the majority. The majority will more than likely be what you said, you know, the people who've been playing for a long time and they have their deck and they're playing it. And the way that they cope with the format is by changing their sideboard to deal with what they see as the best deck. So, yeah, there are strategies for taking advantage of that in that situation.
1: Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. And there's also something we said: to just play, playing, you know, play deck, you know, inside out. Um, it's kind of well. People used to say that about modern. <laughs> I don't know how true that is now. Uh, maybe it's still true that uh, yeah, if you, if you just have, if you just know deck well, and know all the matchups, yeah, you'd be okay. Exactly. So said uh, to so that for for the record, I sold leyline voids for twenty Euro each. Uh, they are now on, they're trending on MKM at 17 euro each. Cha-ching. Yeah,
0: that probably, I mean, if you can hold up right there until Hogak is banned, they'll probably go down a lot. But then <laughs> also maybe you don't need them because Hogak is banned.
1: I mean, I suppose I did have them uh, in the sideboard of uh, my mono-red legacy deck. Uh, that's why I had them in the first place. So I'll always need them there.
0: Okay, that's fair enough. Yeah, don't want to lose reanimator. animator No. All right. Well, uh, let's let's move on to this judge malarkey. Um,
1: yeah, so I'm going to have to go by this on the flying by the seat of my pants because this was only announced earlier on today. Um, I, I've just read it through it once.
0: Yeah, um, I mean, I don't think we need to go comprehensively down everything. I think we can just kind of explain it in basic terms and, and then and then give our reactions. But the I suppose the thing here is that this <laughs> it's yet another of these situations where a thing is announced. And it's like a big change. And everyone's like, what? We need more information about this. What? What's happening? And, you know, in this case, it's not really Wizards. But Wizards says, uh, don't worry. More information will be forthcoming. And this time, lots of information was forthcoming, in fairness. And it forth came very quickly. Uh, so all, all this stuff was kind of soft announced on, was it Saturday or Sunday? It was at, at the GP slash MC. And judges were kind of gathered and told that hey, the the judge program, as you know it, is coming to an end, and there is a new judge. What's it called? Judge uh, Judge Arena. Judge Academy. Judge Academy. Judge Academy. <laughs> judge Arena. I was like, what? Uh, judge Academy. Judge Academy is being set up, and it's going to be paid, and not the judges won't be paid. The judges have to pay to be a part of Judge Academy. So that sounded, mm. insane. that sound. I was just like, "What is happening here? What is going on?" And then uh, it was promised that more information would be forthcoming today, and that yeah, the, the information did come. And it, it, you know, it's not nearly as bad as feared, but it is still a bit concerning, in my opinion. So basically, it boils down to wizards wanted to divest themselves of direct involvement in judging. Uh, my my theories for this. Uh, are, you know, that it's related to, I mean, these these are probably very obvious to anybody who thinks about it for two minutes. It's, you know, must be related to the ongoing lawsuit for, you know, that, that judges, several judges filed with Wizards uh, trying to get recognition as actual employees because they were not happy with like, you know, basically working conditions. And they wanted Wizards brought to court to admit or to be made to admit that Judges were employees of Wizards, and then there was the other thing last year with the whole kind of background check, and judges have to pay for their own background check, etc., etc., etc. And I think with uh, uh, Blizzard, <laughs> no, Watsy, Blizzard is another company that makes lots of mistakes. Uh, Watsy uh, saw the writing on the wall, and they said, "Hey, this judge thing is just going to come back and bite us a lot, so let's get rid of it." And basically, this this company was created. So the the Judge Academy is a new company that is now basically a contractor for Wizards. And I forget the name of the guy. I think his name is Tim Shields. He's from some big uh, TO. He he owns a store, possibly a chain of stores. He's a big TO. And he has set up this company. And now they are in charge of judging. So all judges are going to have to transfer over to this. And they have to pay dues to be... To maintain their judgeship, and the uh, the amount that they have to pay is per year, and it goes up depending on your judge level. So it's like uh, if you're just a rules advisor, you can pay nothing. If you are a level one judge, you have to pay a hundred dollars. If you're level two, you pay two hundred dollars. I think it is. And level three, you pay four hundred dollars. I want to say. uh Not sure about the hundred percent sure about the numbers, but I know that it, it goes up by level. Uh, so I don't think it's super important by exactly how much, but uh, what do you think of this? Like, obviously, judges are going to still continue to get promos. So Wizards are still going to make and print those promos and provide them to the Judge Academy organization, which seems a bit strange to me. Like, how do they how do they separate that and say, I mean, how do they maintain separation between the companies? I, I guess legally, this whole thing doesn't exactly make sense to me and seems like it would be a bit of a tricky situation to, to navigate. But I assume they have a team of lawyers working on this kind of thing.
1: Yeah, I suppose it makes sense that this was born out of the, uh, you know, in in I guess you could say the fallout of the shoes that the judge program experienced uh, over the past over the past uh, you know few years, I guess. But um, yeah, I think in terms of what this means for the game, I think as was you said that, uh, yeah, we when, when the rumors were flying around Twitter, you know, when we didn't know what was happening, was a lot of you know speculation, a lot of oh we, we what we don't know, um, people panicking, and so I suppose even though we have information now, there's still I mean there's still plenty of questions in terms of kind of like you know, I suppose yeah what you know, what will the actual program entail? What will it, what, you know, how will it run? And like yeah, the interaction it will have with Watsi. So it's like it, I think it being a separate body, like does make sense. Um, I guess it's, yeah, it, it kind of working as a separate company makes sense. And I suppose, like, I'm like, optimistically you're thinking, oh, if people are paying into it, then uh, it's there's going to be more resources, kind of more, more good things for, for judges. Uh, but then like, I'd obviously be very cynical to then maybe even also just realistic to say, uh, well, yeah, now, now, Instead of instead of people wishing, that, instead of people wanting judges to be employees of wizards, now uh, judges are pay, judges are paying to be judges. Uh, c-
0: cynically, as well, it kind of feels like people can just sign up and pay a hundred dollars and get the judge promos, maybe.
1: Yeah, so I suppose like you're saying, um, I guess so. Was, uh, was it uh, Kirsty McIntyre has posted on Twitter just you know, just a whole lot of frequently asked questions about this about the change. So one of the things they do are they they do address this that. You know, it's it's not going to be, easy. It, it just because you're paying for it doesn't make it easier to become a judge. Like, there's still going to be the same, there's still, still going to be the same barriers in place, doing you know, the same tests, the same uh, you know, requirement to be a you know, to, to shadow level two and all, all that kind of stuff. So like, the, like those things will already be, will, will still already be there.
0: I mean, presumably this should be an opportunity to develop the online database and learning systems for judges as well. Like if this is going to be a private company then you would expect them to have like a fully developed website with the ability to take the tests there on the website. Uh, you know, while you're being supervised by the the judge, like normal. Um, you know, maybe the ability to do courses. Maybe there'll be uh, there'll be recorded content. You know, from from longtime judges there. So you know, kind of like an e learning thing. Like you know, any any number of of companies that that do that nowadays. You you would hope and expect that that maybe that's a an avenue or a direction that they'd be moving in
1: yeah exactly yeah i I think with that kind of stuff this could be very very good and if if it is uh i suppose i guess when when the the news was first leaked it was like oh people obviously all all that was being shared was oh judges they have to pay fee to be judges which obviously people went crazy over whereas yeah i think this being a separate company which seems like it will have well if if it takes off will have a, a steady stream of income uh I suppose this could be overall beneficial. It really just depends on the intentions of those who run it.
0: Yeah, I can definitely see it working out well. And hopefully that is what will happen. I just think that the fees are going to put a lot of people off, which maybe that's the intent, but I wouldn't have thought so because, you know, surely people are always clamoring for judges. And and there are, you know, you see posts sometimes on Reddit or whatever where an area just doesn't have enough judges to, to deal with the events that are being run or whatever. And like I know, even in Ireland, there sometimes it's awkward for the amount of judges that exist in Ireland to attend the amount of events that happen in Ireland. Maybe that's not so big now. Now that there's no PPTQs,
1: yeah. yeah, it's like well, they got rid of that problem. Uh, there's no, yeah. there's no longer PPTQs every year or the weekend. Yeah, <laughs> but um, yeah, so I, I, maybe that's part of it. Maybe yeah, uh, without um, without so many uh, competitive Oriel tournaments, we don't need this many judges. But I don't know. It's, it's but I it probably is a common answer. But we'll have to wait and see. But maybe there is yeah. something we can parse here from this.
0: Yeah. I mean, is this company going to, in a way, act as almost a union for judges in that it will maybe deal with deal directly with tos and and guarantee a certain level of payment for judges? Like maybe it's gonna you know liaise with Channel Fireball and say, hey, this is exactly what you get for. Being a judge at a Grand Prix, or this is exactly what you get for helping us judge. I don't know. Well, I guess it's just Grand Prix. But you know, will it liaise with TOs to, to set minimum standards of payment for judges? Will judges be paid in cash? Will they be paid? Continue to be paid in, in product? Again, these are all things that I suppose have yet to be worked out. Even even the hierarchy and the structure of of the company is not exactly clear. You know, we're we're gonna we're moving from this area of of, uh, of regional coordinators uh, into a more of an unknown area. I, I know they did, they made some announcements about uh, who will be the leadership in each area, and I think they're kind of rolling it out slowly. Uh, they did say that they're targeting specific geographic areas first for, for rolling out the new system, or, I mean, I, I say new system, but I don't know if there are any real changes like in the day-to-day lives of judges. I'm sure there, sure there will be. Um, but yeah, they're, they're going to do a, a slow rollout, so I'm not sure where it's going to be centered first. Probably somewhere in America, because that's life. Um, but yeah, I th- the the fee that you have to pay could be a serious barrier. You know, $100 in order to do something where you volunteer your own time. I mean, I know that judges get compensated in terms of product, but that's, you know, you can't feed your family <laughs> or yourself with uh, magic packs sadly i mean you can in a way you can liquidate them but it it does seem a bit disingenuous to be like oh here you go here's a booster box and you know how you know that that judge is going to turn around and sell that booster box why are you not just giving them cash and letting them decide what they can what they do it themselves you know I, i i think there's so many things wrong with the way the judge system works and i just hope that this fixes some of them yeah
1: yeah exactly um I know I don't, I don't want to say anything that relates to the names or anything like that, but a, I know of, a, of a, a person who was received a um yeah, a, a booster box, and then the person who gave it said, oh, is that a booster box you have? I'll buy it off you. Just making it a, well, I suppose, a syllable for it, but uh, making it what, what, I suppose, the interaction really should be, uh, which, I guess, it really is, should be payment for, for time spent. But uh, I think, yeah, I think I think this definitely will be a barrier to, to, of entry. Uh, I think the... Um, because I suppose, because with the judge program being a volunteer, a voluntary program where I suppose people are kind of doing, people's motivations for becoming a judge aren't because, like, people don't become a judge just so they can get this product or they don't, they don't do it. They're not motivated by the judge promos. They're not motivated, well, at least not primarily by um, by payout and products. Basically, they do it to kind of give back to the community and to, um, yeah, for, for that kind of good sense of ethos that, that, that comes with being a volunteer for anything. Uh, and I guess it's one, one, I think when when this amount of money kind of enters the equation, even if, uh, yeah, say me paying hundred quid to become a level one judge on this judge with Judge Academy. Um, even if that works out to be kind of a good, a kind of a, a, a valuable move by me, something that would make sense financially for me to do, uh, I think that it still just changes my whole interaction with the judge program because now, now I'm, you know, now that an amount of money now is is is, uh, is part of that equation. Uh, I think it kind of, I, don't know, I think people's people's attitudes will naturally change towards judge program. If that makes sense?
0: Yeah, I think so. And like a hundred dollars to a lot of people is not a lot of money, and I know that we're playing a hobby that's that's a luxury here. It's not a necessity for life. We're playing with small rectangles of cardboard that cost a lot of money so you you assume that magic players have a certain amount of money, but you know there there could be younger people, students who are just getting into the game and you know they have enough they have enough disposable income for a draft a week or you know even just to go to a pre-release every three months. And, you know, that's how they get their enjoyment. And maybe they pick up a few free cards off other people, you know, other people's like draft leavings or whatever. And for that type of person who may be motivated to become a judge because they're interested in the environment and they're interested in the community aspect, now that's a big barrier place in their way and they're just maybe never going to do it until maybe they become older and uh, have a solid income and can part with that money but it, you know it, it does put me in mind of like I don't know if this is a specific thing but like other luxury hobbies where maybe young people volunteer for like let's say a summer job where you know they don't get paid or maybe they they just get paid and like some benefits like they get meals and a few things like that and they get transport and maybe it's a sport where they need a lot of kit and they have to pay for their own kit I mean that is kind of analogous to me but at the same time, that's a young person getting a lot of experience and there's probably some kind of sense of community there as well, which I feel when you when you give this money to the Judge Academy company now, I don't think you're gonna feel good about paying that company. You're not you're not getting the same sense of community you are in your in your local community, and that's great, but you're not really getting it when you just send that money off to some Corporation somewhere.
1: Yeah, yeah, I think that that, that works as a strong analogy, and it's like I said, it kind of, it kind of changes just that whole. It, it I guess it changes that um, that interaction or that, that exchange with you and the organization when this is how it goes. So, honestly, I we have to solicit the judge promos. So yeah, the judge promos that have been announced so far are um the Chalice of the Void, monetary mentor, reflecting pool, and uh, Yuriko. So like yeah, people, you know, the, the the value of of a uh, a foil promo uh, alternate art Chalice of the Void you know, could very well be you know, worth, um, you know, getting into this program, and then that's you know, that, that, so that that does seem fine. But I guess what's going to happen now that people probably probably hasn't happened before is that if the Dutch promo is like a card that's not quite as highly uh, regarded or as, as highly valued as Chatless the Void, um, then people will actually, you know, people will have a reason then to get actually to, to have, you know, to express actual anger at uh the Dutch program or or the um the Dutch Academy. So I suppose like in the past it's like yeah, Dutch promos are like. You know, we had Snapcaster Mage one year. We had something, you know, not as good another year. And it's like, you, know, you can kind of see that oh, that's this kind of ebb and flow of, you know, of of, of um, these kind of promo cards. That's fine. Uh, sometimes, they, sometimes they hit. Sometimes they miss. That's that, you know, that's okay. Uh, whereas I think now, because this is essentially payment for money we have already handed over uh, to this company, uh, if it's <laughs> if the value of these cards goes down or or not cards that are as uh, desirable as uh, they have been in the past, then yeah, there could be some real outrage.
0: Yeah, that's definitely. An unfortunate side effect of of this um if you yeah if you run into a, a a spate of promos that are not quite as much you're gonna be sitting there going well normally i get this yeah like but normally i get this 100 bucks back but now i'm definitely not i don't feel really good about renewing my <laughs> my ship, um and whereas before you know it was all gravy no matter what you got those cards and maybe you could sell them or you could keep them or you could do whatever you want with them it's just really shady to me like even even that practice already before it's like yeah we're paying you with these cards and we know that you know a lot of judges are just going to sell these cards you can keep them it's our token of appreciation to you but it's clearly known that they're going to sell them to make up the money that they're losing from being a judge yeah i don't know yeah, I, think, I think it's like just shady, yeah. very shady business practices it's like <laughs> this is really bad but it's, it's like zero error contracts you know what i mean it's the same kind of shadiness yeah yeah anyway there's a lot to be said about the judge program and i'm not the best person to say it because i'm not a judge uh obligatory disclaimer so may, maybe we we haven't really gotten your opinion that as as a judge like are you going to engage with this are you going to pay your hundred dollars to be a level one or what's your what's your plan or have you not yes. decided yet
1: I, I, I suppose I'm kind of, kind of as as uh, we were talking about it there, I was trying to make up my mind, uh, you know, at the same time. I also, uh, I'm also I'm multitasking. I also have the Wikipedia page for uh, Police Academy open because I was trying to find a pun between uh, Tim Shields uh, Police Academy and Judge Academy, but I, I, I have failed. <laughs> um, but as, as for what I'm going to do, I think, so I just want to check in. Is this a, a one off payment or is this an annual? It's annual. Is that, is that much clearer? It is annual. Ah, uh, okay. Because I suppose... Yeah, maybe, maybe it's something else to do based literally on what the card is. It's like if it's Chalice of Void this year, yeah, maybe that's, that's worth it. If it's something else another the year, then maybe you just don't. Um, yeah, maybe. I don't know. Uh, yeah, and I, I suppose like in the back, really, I like really. I said before that my, my motivation to become a judge was really. Like um, I said, yeah, like like I said, it was to give back to the community. Was, I, I've I've never gone near any of these you know promo cards. Uh, I, I wouldn't um, for the minimal judging I do. Uh, I wouldn't expect a promo card um any anything close to judge promo or even like the, the odd yard f and m that i judge like you know, i i wouldn't expect any kind of payment or, or product or anything um so i think so but then I suppose when i but then once i hand money over that's gonna change my relationship with uh judge in the game i'm gonna well i'm just gonna have to expect something since the back her turn then I do need chalice and avoids <laughs>
0: so well, unless we'll, you're, to uh, the, you're you're just getting the one unless you go up to level two
1: Yeah, well, you get get one promo for Tattles of and turn it into four for normal ones.
0: Oh, yeah, that's a good point.
1: Well, normal ones are pretty expensive. 40 quid.
0: Yeah, you never know. Promo could be worth 200.
1: that's true. There is a, what do you call it, the Masterpiece. Cattles Masterpiece. That's worth a lot. Maybe it'll just be that. Yeah, I mean. 150 euros. (laughs)
0: There'll probably be more of them out there because people will receive them through this program. So, I don't know.
1: Yeah. Oh yeah, w w be, be more yeah, would more you to send like a yeah, master already.
0: Yeah,
1: I think it reminds you of you know the story of um. Oh, this this is from what's from, I think it's from economics. It's like the donating blood in the US. Oh, I I only have a passing knowledge of this, so I'm i like, forgive my surface level um expertise on, on this, but I think it's like in the US, uh, it was you know, you, you basically you, you get paid for giving blood. Uh, it was a program that was brought in, you know, whatever, so many years ago. Um, they kind of found that in countries. I say that countries like Ireland where you don't get paid for giving blood there's quite a high rate of people donating blood because it's seen it's seen to be just like a, a wholesome good thing that people do that they're you know when when you're healthy and you're in a good position and you can take you know uh, an hour off work or whatever during the day you can go give blood and give back to the community and do something that you feel good good about um so that's kind of what motivates people to give blood uh in countries that have programs like like say in the UK and Ireland uh but then in the states Kind of giving blood and getting paid for it is even though it's like, yeah, a monetary reward is a good incentive to give blood, but this people's relationships towards doing that has changed so much that now it's kind of seen as like a shady or like a desperate thing to do, uh, something that's associated with poverty or homeless people. Um, and it's like, yeah, those just people's attitudes to what once was a voluntary action, uh, just changes entirely when buddy's brought into the equation. Yeah, that so is that, like that. I,
0: <laughs> that's a great point that I had not really considered.
1: Yeah, so maybe it's not against that.
0: We'll have to see. Possibly, hopefully not. <laughs> All right, well, let's uh, let's bring it into the homestretch here with a little bit of talk about Throne of Eldraine cards. So we we previously mentioned yep. there were going to be some exclusive Brawl decks released with Throne of Eldraine, So there's going to be four decks, similar to the Commander precons, I suppose, in a way. Uh, not not exactly the same. Obviously, they're you know designed for Brawl, so they're sixty cards, they're singleton, they're standard and there's going to be 7 new cards in each deck. And I think last time we said 28 new cards, but I think it's actually 20, 20 I think it's 20 new cards in total because some of them are in like all the decks. For example, Arcane Signet, which is a 2 mana artifact which has tap to add one mana of any color in your commander's color identity. It's a common. So, this one obviously is absolutely fine to be printed into standard because it literally does nothing in standard it only does anything in commander and brawl well, i mean it's a two-mana artifact so i guess if you're doing some weird artifact shenanigans and there's not quite enough you could have a two-mana do nothing artifact but i suppose you'd always want at least an equipment over that so yeah it really does nothing uh, except for in brawl and commander if um
1: what if by some stretch of the rules you could get a creature into the command zone in standard that's or in a constructive format, that's not that's not commander. Probably not possible.
0: I I don't think that's possible. Yeah. Okay.
1: <laughs> well, so far, right? So far, yeah. <laughs> i if if you got a creature in the command zone which does exist in other formats um, as its own, does that become your commander?
0: I don't know. <laughs> I don't know if just. I'd say I'd
1: say it's not. I'd say it's not. Okay.
0: Yeah, probably not. Yeah, only then. Then, like when you cast your commander, then there's nothing in the command zone but this, this card would still work. You know what I mean?
1: Yeah, exactly. Yeah, so yes, yeah, so I, I think yeah, presumably the um, the definition of a commander is independence to the command zone itself as a own in the game.
0: Yeah, I think it comes okay. right. to be a, a receptacle for your commander.
1: Okay, all right. That's what So, we... all right. Yeah, this is this card is fine.
0: Yes, let, let's move on okay. to the actual relevant card, which is a Cullen, Teller of Tales. It's a band card, so it's two green, white, blue for a legendary creature, Human Druid. It's a two, four with Vigilance, and it says, whenever you cast a creature spell, draw a card, then you may put a land card from your hand onto the battlefield, then it has three tap return target creature you control to its owner's hand, which can target itself notably. Okay, so I, I feel like... Good. Good. The, you think it's good? Yeah, I think it seems good. I mean... I... Really? It's an insane commander.
1: I mean, it's a, yeah, so I, I feel like it's... it's. I, I was very worried when I heard that they are going to, f- yeah, basically doing the same thing again, that we are, we've, been, we've been concerned about before in the past of Printing cards in sub in kind of sets that are standard legal, and we still have yeah, obviously plenty examples in the past of how how, how this could go wrong or how, what, what could happen. Uh, so I guess kind of seeing this, I, I feel like this is just a pure a purity for uh, Commander or purity for Brawl uh, card uh, that you know, is hardly going to see any. I mean,
0: I I think it's not impossible to imagine that it would see play. Like the band colors are already quite strong in Standard, and it's not like ridiculous to ramp this out like obviously the body is really small for what it does but we have seen decks like for example like a vanifar deck has been like never top tier since it's been introduced to standard but has been like fringe playable at times and you know i I know the vanifar is not the same but i'm just comparing it in terms of the stats and the mana cost is close um this also fits in decks like decks that have risen reef and you know, if you hit a land off Risen Reef, you can go Risen Reef into this next turn. Uh, we're still going to retain powerful to ramp options in standard, like Paradise Druid, like Leafkin Druid, like uh, Risen Reef. Um, I mean, this is just better than <laughs> just a better card than Risen Reef, right? What? <laughs> no, I, I mean, like in in terms of its its effect, because Risen Reef requires elementals and they have to enter the battlefield, but this provides a similar effect. Like it's it's almost the same effect or but but better yeah it's, and it's on cast yeah that's, yeah I, that's what I, I
1: think it is not working kind off itself i guess is the um is the big downside but yeah, yeah. I, I, it is otherwise uh yeah i suppose yeah in that band in that band uh ramp deck it does it would like switch your mana dorks into something into, into into you know basically very powerful engines
0: yeah the uh, drop then, is that you we, we are losing lanor elves with rotation so you can't do this on turn three like you potentially could now if it existed in standard now. Um, the earliest you can do it is turn four. Uh, I, I mean, I, I guess it remains to be seen whether we, we get a one mana mana dork in Throne of Eldraine, but I would imagine we probably won't. I would say they'll probably give Llanowar Elves a rest for a while before bringing it back in the future. Uh, yeah, I think th- this is, it's probably not going to see play in standard in all honesty. you know, You know, thinking about it rationally, probably not. However, it is a really strong card, and like being able to reuse enters the battlefield abilities as well is really good. It can save itself from removal if you have three mana and it's untapped.
1: Yeah, that's what it. Always been untapped, but it's, uh, <laughs> it does have vigilance. To go to that, so that's um,
0: yeah. I mean, yeah. I think this. Okay. I think this card is like potentially real. We'll see. We'll see what happens.
1: Yeah, I, I think yeah. Maybe it's a mana cost that's kind of pushing it out. I, mean, I think it'll be it'll be very playable if it costs four mana out uh, yeah. of five.
0: If it was. One mana cheaper, that would be insane, and they would be insane to print that at five. It's like pretty fairly costed, but even still, even at fair cost, it's still a powerful, powerful card. I mean, we also have zero mana creatures in standard. We have Ugin's Conjurant, and we have um, what's the other one? It's like it's an artifact with an X cost,
1: the chamber sentry.
0: Yeah, Chamber Sentry. So you can play this and into either one of those, and then it, yep. you know you you get to draw a card. So you, you know you basically cycle them, but then you can also put a put a land into play.
1: Yeah, that's that, that is true. Um, it's not nothing. Yeah, maybe yeah maybe I yeah, uh, suppose I I I have I did just look at mana cost just away to that I guess yeah is um you know we're saying it'll be very good at a format I guess in a way it can be. You can cost four mana if you're playing mana dorks. That's the way. If that's the way to look at it,
0: yeah, I think.
1: Then, so, yeah, you, you said you can't play it on. Say it again. I'm sorry, you, you said you, you said you can't play this in turn three, but if you have Paradise Shrewd and the Green line, uh, you can.
0: Oh yeah, that's true. Well, uh, oh yeah, yeah, you can. Yeah, you're. That's that's true. Boom. Yeah, maybe Green line will be the way of the future for ramp. You could also play. What's it called? Arboreal... Grazer, actually. So, yeah, you could. Oh, yeah.
1: <laughs> you just have no cards left in your hand, but yeah, maybe you're...
0: Well, but then you... You're going to draw some more. Yeah, exactly. You draw cards with Cullen, so who cares? Boom. It's pretty sweet. Cool Cullen. Hydro you draw yeah. an extra card.
1: Yeah, or I was going to say, you get to return... Attack Hydro Crisis. <laughs> return to your hand and cast it again.
0: That is pretty good. That is actually pretty good. And, I mean, it even, it even just... Like, for example, if you play it and then you don't draw another land next turn and you have a Hydroid Crisis in your hand, it always feels bad to play a Hydroid Crisis with, like, X equals 3 or X equals 5 because, you you know, you're just short of that one extra card. But Cullen gives you that one extra card.
1: Ooh, yeah, that, that is true. Five I don't know. I, I
0: just think the Simic slash Bant colors in Standard are quite quite good. You know, obviously it remains to be seen how good they'll be after rotation, but I think... There's a lot of good stuff still staying there, like there's you know things like mass manipulation and Nissa Paradise Druid, Risen Reef, as we said, uh, you know Voracious Hydra, all that stuff. And I think this maybe it's a bit of a win more card in that type of deck, but who knows? Yeah,
1: exactly. Yeah, I mean, I think it depends a lot of stuff, like, on how how relevant the two 4 body going to be. Yeah, so it's very it's very possible that could be very very relevant. Yeah, and that might be the makes art uh playable.
0: Maybe, maybe. It's a it's a risky print in my opinion as a a pre-con commander yeah design for definitely
1: it. it's like what well, why don't it just think i don't why don't you just make all these cards cost seven mana or more to be safe
0: i mean even if you just costed this one at six it would clearly never see playing standard yeah maybe that'd be fine yeah, uh, yeah. outside of maybe, maybe some kind of reanimation or something like that but uh yeah like I, I think they should just really aggressively make these type of things cost way more like they do with the intro deck planeswalkers they, they all cost like six mana or seven mana or whatever I think they should probably take that approach with these as well.
1: Yeah, exactly. It's like, um, you see when Kieran was streaming, streaming Kieran was streaming on uh Twitch TV slash Skullcrack, and uh, he accidentally played uh the planeswalker planeswalker deck Chandra in a um I think it was a, a in a team or ramp deck. Be... Oh my god! Did it work? <laughs> no, we didn't draw it. I think it was only really, it was played a game with it in the sideboard. I think, and then after while. Change of the deck between rounds. Uh, he noticed. Uh, sorry, no, I got. It, i got actually wrong. I think it was. No, it was Yu Mangling, Yeah, Mengling. The white planes. The blue planeswalker. Move Plain that in. Yu uh, Yangling.
0: Okay, so there's the there's the standard version, and then there's well, you know, there's the three mana version, and then there's the the other one, <laughs> the bad one.
1: Yeah, yeah, I, I think that's what it was. Okay, so it's yeah. no, actually, no. Sorry, maybe sorry, maybe wrong. I think I
0: think it actually
1: no. Sorry, it actually was Chandra because <laughs> we all got uh, the Chandra one for free on Arena yeah so that, that's why it was in this connection um ah okay yeah i think it's like if you just type in chandra and like yeah, your mythic chandra put it in yeah <laughs> i'm sure i'm sure it's not the only time it's happened
0: yeah definitely not all right well i think that's all we have for this week i believe so uh slightly shorter one because it's very very late for me um yeah yeah so if you want to get in touch with us you can tweet at us at twitter.com for skullcrack that's c-r-a-i-c you can watch us on Twitch. That's usually Kieran, though so if you like watching Kieran, which should he's a good streamer uh, it's the same as, as Al mentioned twitch.tv forward slash skullcrack uh, you can email us skullcrackpodcast at gmail.com and that's going to do it for us this week thanks for listening bye 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 bye
1: briefly mentioned, uh, Stoneforge mystic, Stoneforge mystic, which is also known as mysterious breast fortress. David Wolf, do you know who refers to Stoneforge mystic as mysterious
0: breast fortress? Mysterious breast fortress. Yes. So who refers to mysterious? Anyway, who refers to Stoneforge mystic as mysterious breast fortress? I, I have no idea. Tell me.
1: This is Rose Waddestone. This ah. is the, uh, the, the, the header under Rose Waddestone Twitter is, um, so it's basic with the text when you play on the serious breast fortress, get the file file, get it, and mix the library,
0: oh yeah yeah, yeah, <laughs> I think we so uh think we had this right I think we had that I, I think it
1: actually was when we did before, yeah, so this is um this is a Rose Radstone, so this is a Twitter account where they take uh, magic cards and uh put it through basically put put it through Google translation over and over Google Translate over and over again all different languages until and then we translate it back into English and we get some some good old fashioned nonsense. <laughs> um, Are you, are you ready for, for some said nonsense?
0: I certainly am.
1: I'm going to let this nonsense load. You know, Twitter has changed its uh, desktop user interface. It's so terrible.
0: It looks really bad. I wish, right?
1: was, I wish there was some way I could claim only there was some way to tweet at Twitter. <laughs> hey Twitter, at, at Twitter. Um,
0: I'm pretty sure you can indeed do that.
1: You know, on the scrolling here. This, this is all the stuff that Roswellson has retweeted. So, uh, maybe this, maybe this um, account is no longer in use, and uh, we have to give this segment an end. Right? Actually, no, sorry, we're back. We have I've scrolled back far enough in the past. This was back when Roswellson was making his own tweets. All right, great. Um, okay, are you ready? I am. Okay. Um, this is okay. So this card, I won't, I won't say the title. Oh, maybe actually, no, the title won't give anything away. Uh, this, this card is. Called activity, activity. Okay. Card type is good point.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Good point. Uh, if the money is a fake, if the actor has no money, then you can buy a card.
0: And that's it. That's that's all the that's all the
1: text. That's all the text. That's all the text.
0: Yeah. Wow. What's the what's the card type again?
1: A uh, good point.
0: Okay. Well, I'm going to guess that it's like an enchantment or an instant or sorcery. Uh,
1: it is an enchantment. Yes.
0: Okay. Uh, is it recent? Was that sorry? Is it recent, like recently in standard? Oh, recent, uh, no. Uh, no, no, no. Mm, okay. Is it really old?
1: I actually don't know how old this is. I'll look it up. But it's it. Um, it's a card that you wouldn't know from um, you know, standard or modern or Legacy. Like I say, it's a, it's a Commander card, a popular, a popular card in Commander.
0: Oh, okay. Is it
1: maybe played back?
0: Is it in Kieran's Commander deck?
1: It is. <laughs> it is.
0: I've actually I've forgotten the name of the card. What is what? It's the the one where you have to. Where you have to pay one or the person who controls it draws a card, right?
1: Yep. Yeah,
0: it's a Studies. Rhystic Studies, yeah. six Studies.
1: I, I, yeah. When I, when I saw the card name Activity, Activity, I was like, oh, I can't say that. That's far too obvious. But uh, I don't necessarily know how, how, it's, I, it's... how I thought that. I don't know. I don't know. All right. Um, Give me another one. All right. Here we go. Uh, <laughs> okay. Oh, God. <laughs> There's a lot going on with this one. Okay. A lot of text. Okay. Um, I'm not going to relate the name. But the card type is, the creator is a good, the creator is a God-created God. Okay. All right. Owens, friend, foya, gynecologists, and green, three, three long-term supporters (laughs) began to play. Your people are fighting with you. You're hurt, and with patience, you can't stand it. What? (laughs) It's it's two separate blocks of text, right? Okay, Okay, so again. um, All right. Owens, friend, foya, gynecologists, and green three 3 long-term supporters began to play
0: okay and that's the end of it
1: no the next part the second part is uh your people are fighting with you you're hurt and with patience you can't stand it that's all rule sex hmm ah oh,
0: is the is the three three is that relevant to the to the card
1: um yeah so being I mean, three three is like you know it's the same way we be part of this figure three slash figure three
0: okay well huh. hmm I I'm going to say I'm going to take a guess, a stab in the dark, based on you know basically two lines of text and the 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 power toughness three three that this is Regisor Alpha.
1: No, oh, you're so close. Up. That, um, yeah, I, I thought you were going to get it there. No, this, this is a uh, friend of wolves, friend to wolves. Uh, the other uh, Voya is the name. Uh, yeah, you so close.
0: <laughs> the other five mana. Yeah. Thing that makes it three three.
1: Yeah. That, that was All right. Very close. All right. This is it. Uh, um, we'll give you, I'll give you one more. Okay. This is um. <laughs> I don't know if this will. I don't know which part of this to say first, but to not give it away. Um. All right. The card. Uh. Okay. Yeah. So it's the card type is uh, a unique animal tree ghost. Okay. All right. There's a so we have. We have lots of lines of real text. First is get some bikini that brings you plus one plus one. Okay. And then it's a uh, when Trojans break one one combines two beetles and white. Okay. And the last part is when you start playing. They all control the universe. <laughs> They're playing. They
0: all control the universe. Um, can you give me the first line of text again?
1: Yeah. So get some bikini that brings you plus one plus
0: one. Uh. Okay. So something gives you plus one plus one. What's the uh? What's the creature type again? Or the the card? It's a yeah card type.
1: It is a creature. Uh, it's a unique animal tree ghost.
0: Okay. So it's a legendary creature. Is it Doran, in the siege tower?
1: No. Oh, you're quite close though. It's um it, the creature. The name of it, The name of the card is weird Trojan.
0: Weird Trojan. Yeah. Oh, I never would have gotten that. <laughs> never heard of that card before.
1: No, sorry. I, no, I mean sorry. No, the translated name of this card is uh, translated oh. into weird Trojan.
0: I thought that was <laughs> the real name. Uh, <laughs> weird Trojan. Tr- sorry. Is so. This is obviously this is like a tree folk. Yeah. Uh, no. No.
1: Well, actually, well, An what is a creature type. It's that, uh, no, um, I just know one part of the creature life. I was going to confirm what the entire card is.
0: Tree ghost.
1: Yeah, so yeah, it's, yeah, it's, um, yeah. it's neither. It's not tree or, it's not tree folk and it's not elemental. So it's a spirit? No, it's uh, currently legal in standard.
0: Currently legal in standard? Is it iron root warlord? No. No. <laughs> no. Uh, uh, is it about to rotate out of standard?
1: No, it's here, here to stay. Huh.
0: I'm stumped. I have no idea.
1: Oh, stumped? You know who else is stumped? No. Shotsani Discordant. Oh. uh Tree stumped.
0: God damn it. It's a dryad, is
1: it? Dryad. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's a dryad.
0: Beck, I feel like I should have gotten that.
1: Yeah, I thought, I thought you were quite close to it as well. Oh, oh well. Well, that'll do for Rose Wadisone. Um I'll to scroll quite far entries to Twitter to find those. Uh, most, most, the most recent ones are all user submitted and uh, not as good, so... Maybe it's time to retire this segment of the show,
0: or you can just start doing it yourself.
1: Oh, but I, I try to that, and it is a lot of effort. Yeah, uh, there's I, no um.
0: You probably need to. I mean, it, write some sort of bot that does it or something like that. I don't know.
1: Yeah, it's, it's always easy for it to come out. It's just like gibberish. That's not fun. I mean, there's 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 gibberish and there's fun gibberish. It's, really, it's a lot of people who smitten guards cards that like oh, no one's ever heard of. All right, well, war priests, yeah.
0: I, I got I got one there, and I, the other two, I was pretty close. So I'm happy enough with that.
1: Yeah, this is a very difficult game, of first. It is, it is. Just, just like Magic the Gathering.
0: Indeed. And with that, we're off. Bye-bye.
1: Boom. Good luck.